correct posture is very important. At least my sister thought that it was. So she got me in our hallway one day and put a book on my head and told me to keep that book on my head as I walked down the hallway. Uh, That was supposed to teach me to stand up straight. Uh, I felt like I was in our own version of My Fair Lady. (laughs) Only I wasn't English or fair or a lady. But I still tried. But it didn't work. As much as I wanted to, I couldn't keep that book on the top of of my head. I don't know if I just had bad posture or especially round head or what the problem was, but I, I couldn't make that happen. Paul advises the Ephesians on some posture issues, but they weren't going to need to balance a book on their head. This was one that, that they could do. This was something that they could accomplish in the power of Christ, something we can accomplish as well. Listen as Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. This morning we're going to see some, some specific ways that we as believers can walk as children of light. First of all, the Bible lets us in on a secret. Here it is. Do what pleases God. We know the difference between right and wrong. We know as believers we should be living as children of light, not of darkness. But it seems so easy to be swayed in today's world into doing some things maybe of a different opinion. How do we figure out who's right and who's wrong? How do we figure out which opinion is the one we should follow? How do we determine how we should live? Well, Paul gives the determining factor to walk as children of light. Then he continues in verse 9, For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and to find out what pleases the Lord. Verse 8 is pretty straightforward. You know what your life was like without Christ. You know what the darkness looked like. You once were there. You don't want to be there anymore. That's why you followed Christ. You recognize the emptiness of that life. You recognize that wasn't where you wanted to be. You cried out to Christ to forgive your sin, to cleanse you. He did that. So now walk as who you are. Live as who Christ has made you to be. Live as children of light. I'm going to guess there's few of us here this morning that would disagree with that. Once God opens our eyes, once we see the world for what it really is, nobody wants to go back into that mud pile again. But then life happens. Sometimes our judgment gets a little cloudy. doesn't have to be that way. So Paul here gives a threefold test that the fruit of the light, the way that we should seek to live, it consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. If something you are considering doing, you couldn't really call good, well, then you know which side of the dark light line that falls on. Or... If, if something you're considering couldn't be defined as righteous or if it couldn't be defined as truth, well, then you realize, okay, this is on the wrong side of that line. This isn't where I want to go. The word that's used for goodness here describes uh, acts of kindness, acts of benevolence, acts that seek to 
help someone or, or minister to someone in Jesus' name. The word for righteousness, it puts others above ourselves. It makes others more important than we are. The, the word for truth includes sincerity and straightforwardness. And so hold your life up to those measurements. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. If it doesn't fit, kick it to the curb. But we could perhaps argue that there are different definitions of goodness, maybe even some different definitions of righteousness, although I wouldn't say that. And maybe even some people would say there's different definitions of truth. But we can't argue with this next measure. Paul sums it all up. He, he, he puts it in a, in a package for us that we can understand. We, we may philosophically argue about what's good and what's righteous and what's truth. But we understand what this next one is. Find what pleases the Lord. That's a wonderful guiding principle for our life. If we're struggling to figure out what is it that's good in, in life, what is it that's righteous, what is true, ask yourself, would God like this? Would Jesus be pleased with whatever it is I'm about to do? Have you done any gold prospecting lately? March and I had a, a great experience a few months back. We got to go to a gold mine. I'd never been to one of those. It was quite an experience. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, all those old pictures from the 1800s of the 49ers looking for, for, for gold. There's a reason why those guys look really old and haggard and hungry. <laughs> it's hard work. The reality is you're not going to find much gold with your pickaxe and your pan. Most gold is mined. Typically, it, the gold is actually mixed together with all kinds of other rock and sediment. And so to get the, ro the, the gold out, first you have to dig out these giant rocks that have the gold in them. And, and those go through a process where they are pounded and broken up into to a fine powder. And then that powder is mixed with water and, and a number of chemicals that leach out the gold. And through a chemical process, it binds the gold to carbon, which is the easiest uh, to, to be able to get out of that particular mixture. And then the, the carbon that's got the gold bound to it, that's, that's filtered out and separated from all the other junk. And then that's all melted down. It, it's combined with a combination of borax and soda ash, which is designed to take the carbon and the impurities out. Until finally a sample is taken to the lab and they measure it to ensure that the gold is at least 99.9% Pure, at which point the gold is then melted and poured into those nice gold bars that you see the guys stacking at Fort Knox all the time. Now, why go through all of that work? I mean, I mean, think about that for a minute. That's an enormous amount of work, tremendous amounts of money that are, are spent on these enormous pieces of equipment that, that break the rock up and all the chemicals and all the other stuff and the mess that you have to go through. Why do people do that? Because we realize the value of pure gold. We get that. Well, we should get that our life ought to be like that. We, we know what the, the fruit of light is. Or at least what it should be. We know that we don't want to step back into the darkness. And this wonderful secret that God's Word gives us here this morning is that we can ask ourselves, 
would what I'm thinking about, would what I'm planning on doing, would that please the Lord? Would it make God smile? When faced with a choice, do what pleases God. And we can do that by turning on the light. You know, when you come into a, a dark room, what do you do? Well, you stand at the door and you yell at the darkness. Oh, it's room is dark, couch, table, carpet. Why didn't you do something about this? Why are you letting this be such a dark room? No, that's not what you do. You walk into a dark room, you reach over and you turn on the light. That's what Paul tells the Ephesians to do. They lived in a city filled with darkness. They were surrounded by all kinds of immorality, all kinds of sinfulness, all kinds of temptation. And some of them came out of that background. That's what they had in their past, was living in all of that. It was a difficult reality for them. And they were struggling with it. It's part of the reason why Paul wrote Ephesians. Because some of them were struggling, saying, you know, we live in the middle of all of this stuff. What are we supposed to do? And Paul says, well... Turn on the light. Now he acknowledges the situation in verse 11. He says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible. That's what will win this battle. That's why even in the midst of a world that seems to surround us with darkness and temptation, that's why we can still have hope, because we know who wins. Paul concludes with a quotation from what many believe was a hymn in the early church. It was a hymn that came from two verses from Isaiah, one from Isaiah 29, one from Isaiah 60. Here's the, the, the quotation from the hymn. It was a little chorus. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Folks, that's how we win the battle. Shine the light of Christ on it. Shine the light of Christ on your home. Shine the light of Christ on your neighborhood. Shine the light of Christ on your business. Shine the light of Christ anywhere you go. Enter every action and every conversation with this same objective. I want to please the Lord. I want to make God smile. We live in a world where fortunately light is typically pretty easy to find. We don't have to depend on rubbing two sticks together anymore. Uh, we can turn on a switch, press an icon on our phone, tell Alexa to turn on the lights, and the darkness quickly goes away. And even when the power goes out, we get creative. We can light a candle, pull out the old camping lantern, light a fire in the fireplace, and the darkness begins to fade. So how do we do that spiritually? Now, one thing we need to realize for us as believers, the power never goes out. Wherever we are, whatever it is that we're facing in life, we instantly have access to the throne of God. Now, think about that for a minute. At any moment in your life, whatever you're facing, whatever difficulty is right there in front of you, you can stop 
and go from that place right into the throne room of God through prayer. That's amazing. We have an incredible privilege and power in prayer. Don't forget that. Don't forget how powerful prayer is in your life, no matter how dark the moment you're facing. You can step into the light of God's throne of grace in prayer. That's amazing to rea- a reality to understand. We can turn on the light through prayer. We can turn on the light through the Scripture. God's Word cuts right through all of the junk in this world, all the confusing opinions and voices that we hear. God's Word gets right to the point. We can go to the Scripture and we can find what it is that God wants in our life. We can find what it is that pleases God. We can find what it is that makes God smile. We don't have to wonder what that is. He's given it to us right here. We can turn on the light through God's Word, through the Scripture. And we can follow Paul's example here in Ephesians chapter 5. And this is one maybe we may not think of, but we should. We can sing a hymn. Do you have a, a, a favorite hymn or a favorite praise song, favorite chorus? When life gets dark, do what Paul did. Paul sang a hymn of faith. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. It reminded him. Oh, yeah. As dark as it is in the city of Ephesus, as much temptation as there is there, oh, Christ's light shines there too. You have a favorite hymn? In those times of darkness, there's nothing like remembering great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. It seems like everyone is turned against you. Just sing out. The blood of Jesus speaks for me. When we're overwhelmed by the sinfulness of this world, we can remind ourselves, amazing grace, my chains are gone. I've been set free. You can turn on the light through music. There's no accident that God, in in the middle of his word, the easiest place to find in the Bible, he put the longest book of the Bible, a book of psalms, songs. Music does an amazing thing in our heart. It helps us remember things that we might ordinarily forget. You know, you you might forget your, your... what time you're supposed to be somewhere, you might forget somebody's name, but that song, it just keeps coming up in your mind. <laughs> just the way our brain works. God understands that. He wired us that way. Music is a wonderful tool to fight back the darkness. Use it. So when life gets dark, turn on the light. Turn on the light in prayer. Just go to God. Say, God, I This is not where I want to be. This is not where I want my life to be. God, I want to be in your light. And through prayer, that's where you are. You're right there in the presence of your Heavenly Father. Turn on the light through Scripture. God's Word is powerful. It shows us His command for our life. It shows us His promise for our life. Turn on the light 
through searching the Scripture. If you're facing something in your life, go to God's Word and, and see what He says about it. And turn on the light through song. God has given us so many beautiful, wonderful songs of faith. We've sung some of them this morning. And even though your voice may sound like a lawnmower that's got a missing part, that's okay. You sing out. Let that song remind you of God's faithfulness. Don't stay in the darkness. Turn on the light. Heavenly Father, help us. We live in a dark world. It was dark during the time of Paul and the Ephesians. It's dark today. When we walk out this door, we're, we're going to be walking into a world that's filled with opinions and darkness and temptation. And we'll be tempted to wonder which direction we should go. God, help us turn on the light. Help us turn on the light through prayer. Never let us forget what an extraordinary privilege we're doing right now. We have stepped out of our world and we are right there before you right now this morning as we pray. God, help us realize what an extraordinary thing that is. That at any moment, at any time, Whatever we're facing, we can always come to you in prayer. Help us do that, Lord. Help us turn on the light through prayer. Help us turn on the light through, through your word. God, thank you. You have given us the scripture. We can always go to your word and find your truth. We can build our life on that. So help us turn on the light through your word. And God, thank you for music. For the extraordinary, wonderful songs that you have given to us. Songs of faith that stick in our heart and remind us of your love and your mercy and your grace. God, help us turn on the light to the music of our soul. Help us, Heavenly Father, to do what pleases you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.